This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the program. Cameron Poitras, Jim Toth here with you. Jim, how you doing? I'm well, sir. How are you today? Yeah. Yes. What's your favorite Rihanna song? Uh, yeah, we were just talking about I that. I ass um, last night. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because she's going to be the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Uh, I, you know what? I, I actually can't think of any off the top of my head except for that the diamonds. Yeah, Shine I, I like can't either. I mean, I know there is some. Um, uh, Stay always made me cry. It didn't make me cry, but yeah, it's sad. One, but it's one, a really good song. That one got to you. Um, but I uh, I remember having Justin Dunk on from Three Down Nation all the time, and one time we were talking about warm up music, and I said, "When you were a quarterback at Guelph, what?" And he said it was Rihanna Diamonds, and I'm like, "Come on!" He goes, "No, I don't know what it was, but headset on, stretching." Mm-hmm. And I go, "Maybe it was your time to shine," and he said, "Like a diamond." That's right. What about Umbrella? Ella, Ella, A, A. Is that her song? That's hers as well. Wow. Oh, she's gone. She's, she's got. She's phenomenal got a hit. She's got some about, hits. Yeah, yeah. Some, she's been around a while. I, I can't wait to, for her to pull out. You know her greatest hits yeah. at the Super Bowl. Really, uh, Loren McNabb educated me today in the newsroom. I thought I was listening to a Lizzo song, and she said, "No, that's Lido or Lido or." I don't know anything. About it wasn't Lizzo. Lizzo though. No, it wasn't Lizzo. She's great too, by the way. But yeah. you're a Lizzo fan. I can't say I'm a fan. Yeah, I can say that. When my two-year-old's bopping up and down to Alexa, I don't know what the song is, but he seems to like it. Oh, okay. Well, he, makes... can, he can kind of rug that kid. Oh, yeah. He's not like his father at all. <laughs> it skips a generation, eh? Oh, you don't? It was, your, was it your dad or your Frank, mom who was the Yeah, uh, Frank, Frank goes to a Thursday night jam, and there's a fight to waltz with him. Yeah. My mom sits and watches and serves cake. Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's God intended. We should talk some jets. Yeah. Um, well, for both my parents' sake and mine. But yeah. I can't dance. Is the is the that's the whole important the, piece the of important this. Important piece of this is uh, Rihanna's doing halftime and Jim Toth can't dance. Uh, Murata Tesh, jets writer with the Athletic, joins us now. Murata, he can dance. How are you doing? Oh yeah, he this can guy, dance he's around the column. He oh, can yeah. write. He can write some magic. This guy. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm doing well. That was a, a lovely chat. That was a lovely chat. <laughs> I'm I'm so he- glad you're here to listen to it. These these chats this week. One. This these chats this week, Murad, have been have been brought to you by fans who text in and go, "Can you talk some jets, please?" And yeah, that's why we're happy. There's a practice. <laughs> yeah, today. you want to you want to throw one in there, Murad? Well, yeah, I want to throw one in there. I think that I think Rihanna sings the hook on Empire State of Mind, that song with Jay Z about New York, and I just think that's one of the best hooks in a in a song in a pop song that weirdly gets me going as well. You know, you just don't know why, but it, it fires me up. Is she, that her song too? That she is great in that song. I thought she that is. was in New York. I thought that was Alicia Keys. No, I think it's is Rihanna. That Alicia Keys. Oh, is it Rihanna? Okay. Oh. No, I don't knowledge. know. I'm trusting my gut on this, but if if you've got Google in front of you, dear listener, you know, let yes. me know I was wrong. The three of us have never sounded older. It, you know what? I actually, <laughs> if you would have put money, I would have put money on it. That is Rihanna. It's actually Alicia Keys. Yeah, that's what I thought. So now I. How sound did you younger. know that? Dear, how no, did you know? I'm that? I'm a fan of Alicia Keys. Because didn't, didn't like Jay Z discover Rihanna or something like that? Is something know. like that? My my hip hop knowledge right. ended after Swore. NWA. I thought Marat was totally right about that. Yeah. Like I would have put money. I thought stay in your lane, Marat. Yeah. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marat, we got a text message here: two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. And uh, you know, actually. Um, the Terry's pulling this one right at right for me uh, because this is exactly what I was going to ask you right off the bat. So 
I'll add you to this uh, text message. Uh, hi, Cam, Jim, and Marat. With the 11-day break, how worried should us Jets fans be with the amount of rust buildup on this team? It would be horrible to lose on, uh, to Chicago on Saturday, a last-place team. That one from from Terry. Do you, do you, do you, how long? I'll, I'll add this to the question. How long do you think it, it will be to sort of shake off the rust? Just a couple practices and a, maybe a half a period or something like that, Marat? I think that they'll be grateful to have a couple practices today and tomorrow heading into that game. And then, you know, they'll probably take a morning skate, most of them, instead of taking it as an optional. Um, but I'm still expecting a bit of rust. I think it's a long break. Players, you know, they were they flew home. Ehlers went to Denmark. You know, various players went to sunny locations around North America. All of that sort of stuff happened. I think there's going to be a little bit of rust on that front. For me, probably through at least the first period, maybe into the second um, and, and I think that that's reasonable. The ironic thing about that is I think exactly what Winnipeg needed coming into the break was a break and the rest that they would get from it. And I think that that's going to make a ba- major difference from them, maybe not in the first 20 minutes of that game, but in these next several that they play, I think we're going to be looking at an improved Jets team compared to what we saw heading into the break. Yeah, I, I'm wondering about that too, and I think for sure I've been watching some teams coming off the 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 break just in their first practices, and like like I saw the Oilers put up the word work on the whiteboard, just with, like it's time to get back to work, stuff like that. So along those lines, Murat, as we head into these final 30 games and and very successful first part, more than first part of the season for the Jets because there's only 30 left. But what would you look at this team and go, okay, like what would they after this break that was much needed? Sort of okay, these are the things, or this is a couple things I think they need to sort of improve on or get consistent with or what are some of the keys to the rest of this season for you? Yeah, when the Jets looked good early on and including through their injuries injury situation. I was going to call it an injury slump, but they kept winning, so that's not the word to use. Their forecheck was aggressive. They were playing on their toes. They were playing aggressive all the way up the ice. You could tell what shape they were looking for. You had two players pressuring the puck. You had one guy filling back in towards the neutral zone. That let defensemen gap up tight. There was just a pace, but the interesting thing in combination with the pace that they were playing with was there was also a certain degree of patience when they had the puck and they're breaking out of their own zone instead of forcing that play through two four checkers into the middle of the ice and we've seen Winnipeg get into trouble as they got more and more tired heading into the all-star break they weren't managing the puck particularly well at all stretches of the game and when Winnipeg is on they combine this sort of knowledge of okay this is not the moment to force that play with the confidence and the up-ice aggression to put enough pressure on other teams such that they're going to get that puck back and they're going to be in a good situation later in the game. It's this lovely combination of patience and aggression that I think were their hallmarks through their opening 50 games or so. When they slipped there, Murat, as you were just saying, was that fatigue? Was that just a long schedule? What do you pinpoint that on? You know, I see it as a little bit of fatigue having a role in that. I think that, you know, at the end of a long shift, players make mistakes, mental mistakes that they're, you know, that they wouldn't make at other times. I think when they're playing something like 14 games in 26 days, I have room in my mind for that playing a role as well. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't know if getting all of those highly skilled players back all at the same time um, may have factored into how they played too because now they're trying to integrate the high speed and high chaos of a guy like Nikolai Ehlers who's playing jazz through the neutral zone they're looking 
at all of these passing plays and passing off of shot opportunities and things like that, some of that direct stuff that was working for them earlier in the year kind of went out the window as they were integrating a little bit of that. I'm not sure how much it played a role, but it certainly seemed like they were passing off some key opportunities um, as they were struggling there. A lot of names being bantered around um, in the trade talks from a lot of teams, and it seems to keep coming back to the Jets. Um, they're interested in some big names, but it looks like they're more sort of bottom six, bottom D pairing kind of looking at. What do you think this team needs if they were to get better at something? If they're looking to improve and make this the year because they're uncertain about what's going to happen to Pierre-Luc Dubois, what's going to happen in 2024 to March Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Connor Hellebuck, if there's a real sense that it's now, for me, some of those big fish actually do make a bit of sense. Uh, Timo Meyer from uh, San Jose, for example, I've thought of um, a Ryan O'Reilly type out of St. Louis if St. Louis folds the cards, and that would be kind of interesting because it would parallel Winnipeg getting Paul Stastny all those years ago. Um, Josh Anderson is a player that Kevin Shoveldayoff has been interested in in the past. But for me, in terms of a need, just forget those names for a second. It's a middle six or top six forward who can bump a guy like Cole Perfetti if he's struggling, if the physicality or intensity of the playoffs mean he's good for two games and off for two games. You can bump a rookie to the third line or, or further down the lineup. Mm. Same thing goes for a guy like Blake Wheeler. If he's unable to take over games, though I have confidence that the veteran will find a way in the playoffs, but if you need to bump him to a, a tough minutes line with Adam Lowry on that third line and you have an injection of skill into that top six, I think that's where Winnipeg can make the most difference to this club here and now heading down into the playoffs. If the Jets don't make a move and that big splash doesn't come and it's more of a few depth moves here and there, maybe a bottom six forward or two, definitely they're going to be looking to bring in a defenseman at the very least uh, to improve the depth there. Is the club good enough right now as it is to really make that push? Well, making a push uh, is, I think, what is in the cards for this team. It's just how good is that push and how deep do they go? Mm-hmm. It's unique right now. And that the West, it's wide open, isn't it, guys? We yeah, all expect totally Colorado yeah. to be running away with it the same way Boston does in the East. Uh, we were expecting certain levels of quality from other teams that we haven't seen yet. And, you know, in stretches maybe we have, and we know in Colorado, Landeskog is out. We know Dallas has played well. Seattle and Vegas have each been good for stretches But it feels as though the West is wide open. And maybe if you want to think about the future and you don't want to trade away a Rutger-McGrory, a Brad Lambert, a Ville Hainala, a Chaz Lucius, maybe there is an argument to be made for tweaks and patience and thinking about the future instead of going all in right now on account of the West being wide open. I just think there's so much uncertainty about some of the key Jets moving forward that they know that this could be one of their biggest years among the next few anyway. So should those players be available, those guys you rattled off there, should they be available at this trade deadline? Or is it about that uncertainty with a lot of their key guys coming into the next couple of years here or into the, even into this offseason? Well, for me, everybody is available if the, if the team gets better at the end of it. I might draw the line at Cole Perfetti and some of those established stars. You know, Obviously, the Winnipeg Jets aren't trading one of the stars that are really driving the bus for them right now. Um, but the Jets have held on to guys probably past their peak value in the past. And I would think of a guy like Jack Roslovic, who used to get asked for at trade deadlines. In the end, he's sort of the, the part of the line A deal for Dubois that makes Columbus happy, but his value wasn't 
as big in that deal as it probably would have been a couple of seasons early. So for me, it's a matter of if striking and if this is the player, and for me, a guy like Timo Meyer is the player, a guy like Jonathan Taves is not the player, um, to, to sacrifice a bit of the future for, then I have no problem with almost any of those prospects moving. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think you have to go for it. There's too much uncertainty around it. I do think it's a difficult job as a GM for Kevin Dayoff though, to try and augment what could be a Stanley Cup contending team this year, all the while keeping in this offseason and what's looming uh, at the end of next year as well. So it'll be very interesting on what he does. I guess we'll just wrap up with this, Murad, and oh, I know we'll have you on before the trade deadline probably again, but do you think they do some things? Do I think they make moves? Absolutely, I do. And even if it's not as big as you know I'm talking about here, and maybe they protect their future a little bit more, that's fine. But I think that this is a team that knows that it's playoff bound. It knows that it has a little bit of a shot here in the Western Conference. And despite his reputation, Kevin Shevoldayoff has made trades at almost every trade deadline going back for years and years, especially when they've been good. So I do expect him to be active between now and the deadline. Murata Tesh, Jets writer with The Athletic. Murata, always a pleasure, man. You take care, okay? Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Shine bright like a diamond today at practice. Yeah. Just bring in that Empire State of Mind. It is Alicia Keys, by the way. Her text line I don't know how you knew up. that. I have no idea how you knew what that. What do you mean? I'm well-versed. <laughs> Yeah, I have a cardigan sweater on and glasses right (laughs) now. That's my point. I look intelligent. (laughs) I may not be, but I look it today. (laughs) Look at this cardigan. We got to take a break. Is that your jam? If I had a when you're combing your hair, Jim. If I had a pipe with this outfit, you'd ask me for life (laughs) advice right now. When you're combing your hair in the morning, is that what you're jamming to? It's like, man, Alicia Keys is great. Definitely not Rihanna in New York. (laughs) No, I don't have that on. I've been down an in excess rabbit hole since the weekend, though. Guns in the sky. Can we play a little guns in the sky? Get that. We'll rock that one out. Guns in the sky. Get that one, Braden, for later on in the show. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Do you know who that is? In excess. I think they had a rock star show one time, didn't they? Were looking for the singer? Crap. The original. Ah. Look, I'm folding my. I'm folding my cardigan over and going, son. I need to teach (laughs) you some things. Where's my pipe? Uh, we got some text messages from you guys, 204. Let's get into it. Um, there, there's This is a kind of a really interesting. Uh, Eric Engels uh, with Sportsnet out of Montreal put out a very interesting tweet about a player uh, that might be available to the Winnipeg Jets as part of a bargaining chip in the future. We'll get into that after 1230. Shine bright like a diamond. No you. It's my time to shine. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Joining us here. This one minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. This is your one minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. What's your favorite Rihanna song? I had a feeling that was going to be the question today. I had a feeling. And I have to go with a classic umbrella. See, I don't like umbrella at all. <gasps> oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't need. Like, did somebody write that on a piece of paper? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Is that umbrella. something that came out, like, in post-production? Like, wow. Like, is there a script somewhere that says, uh-uh, umbrella. uh-uh, umbrella. Well, I still hope she performs And is umbrella it. spelled, like, A-Y-A-H at the end? Umbrella. Nirvana's no, uh, I mean, uh, um, Nirvana. Nirvana. Rihanna, she's no Nickelback, though, right? No, no, yeah. I know you're big we'll Nickelback. We'll be getting Sarah. tickets Sarah, for that. June 20th. It's a Tuesday. Skadge Pizza is having a meeting <laughs> with seen, the governors of Skadge Pizza. The gov- 
at Canada Life Center, 8 hmm. p.m. Just to wrap up the power play here, Sarah, um, <laughs> Sketch Pizza opens. What's This Kevin wants to know this one. What's the hmm. name of the signature pizza? What's it going to be called? The oh Slap gosh. Shot, the, down, the Double Down Dryden Special, <laughs> which I like. I like that one, too. Uh, or the Pepperoni Power Play. The Pepperoni? Oh. That would include Kevin the puts a lot point. of thought into well, these questions. Well, that's Sarah's for sure. <laughs> Sarah's marquee will be the... Got to go with the Dryden one, yeah. The power pe- play. pepperoni power play. But I don't know. We got to have the double down yeah. Dryden special. I like there. that. <laughs> the dirty double down Dryden special. That's just everything. Special. That's Can we throw everything. dirty in there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Dirty that's in a good way. Every topping. <laughs> Greasy and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah Thanks, yeah. Kevin. I like that one. Thanks, there Sarah. That's your one minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. I'm surprised she was anticipating a question. I mean, she's listening to us out there, which I am shocked at. Yeah, there's times where our desks are pretty close, as you know. Yours is too, and there's times where she doesn't listen at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll uh, be 20 minutes later, and she'll be like, are you talking to me? And I'm like, sorry, Sarah, I was. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868, <laughs> text the show. Uh, Mike says, I would have thought you guys were more of Clarence Carter fans. Clarence Carter fans. I remember that back in the day. That's before my time. That's when you uh, slow danced at mm. St. Francis Junior High Gym, but you were arm length apart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what I used to the do? The old side to side. So I, the, my first slow dance, arms on top of the shoulder. Right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even go. I was too afraid to even go anywhere near the waist. Yeah. I remember when the arms length would just become like a closer arms on. Yeah. And then that's when they, no, 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 no. Slow your roll here, yes. Jesse's girl. Yeah. You move that apart. Uh, 204-780-6868. Time after time, you slow that up. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to your guys' text here messages in a second here. Uh, this was put out by Eric Ingalls uh, with Sportsnet out of Montreal um, in regards to an update. And here was, here was the, uh, the update. The Canadians could see Josh Anderson as a bargaining chip to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois this summer. How do you feel about Josh Anderson? He's got a good contract. Uh, maybe not scoring at the pace. He's on a real crummy team. Let's just make that that known where, I mean, talk about their offense being top-heavy, all coming from Nick Suzuki and, and Cole Caulfield, who's now retired. I mean, not retired, but injured for the rest of the season. But, um, you know, 14 goals, 5 assists, 19 points. I th- the real thing that's intriguing about Josh Anderson, and the one thing I, I, I need to say that if and when Pierre-Luc Dubois gets dealt during the summer, it's not going to be a lateral move. Like it's it's just not going to be a move where you're going to get exact the exact price with a guy that's going to sign here. It's just it's not going to happen based on where Pierre Luc Dubois is and his situation and RFA UFA and all that stuff. It's it's not going to be a lateral move. It's going to be a step back for for the for the Winnipeg for the Winnipeg Jets. But Josh Anderson's coming in with a five point five for four years after this. That's a real valuable contract, and I think if you have a guy like Josh Anderson on the wing with a much more talent on a much more talented offensive team, I, th- I think he does a lot better offensively than he has. Like go back to maybe his final year with the Columbus Blue Jackets before he got acquired by. He's the never been a scorer though. <laughs> Even back to his junior days with the London Knights, he had fifty-one points in fifty-nine games. But you, would you need more than twenty, twenty-five goals from him? No, like I, at I, that price. And I should preference this: I like everything about Josh Anderson, and yeah. when he was uh, available in Montreal, traded for him because he couldn't get a contract with Columbus. I w- I thought he would fit in nicely with the Jets at the time. I do like the contract. If he could be, and maybe he could in this top six, if he could be a fifty-point guy year in year out. 
I, I'm all about it. But I agree with what you said about Dubois. Like to me, so a lot of people say, why would Montreal even trade for him? Well, they want Pierre-Luc Dubois. And if Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to go there and sign long term, they want it sooner rather than later. Like nobody, including the Montreal Canadiens, is sitting there going, we're going to wait two full seasons for this free agent. Yeah. I mean, you it, have to start, you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep building. So they also need to alleviate some cap space. And and the reason that story came out, I think, is because now people are trying to acquire Josh Anderson. Yeah. I think teams around the league are going, hey, what are you doing with him? We'd like to add uh, before the deadline. And I think this story came out where they go, well, you know, we'd probably keep him and maybe offer him mm. to try and get Dubois a year early. Then Dubois yeah. in the summer goes to Montreal, signs an eight-year extension. That's what I was thinking. the arbitration. Yeah. And That's what I was thinking about that importance, like seven years versus eight years. That might be real valuable to the to the Habs to have that extra year. Because if well, they're signing him at a free agency. 26, right? Yeah, so, I mean, to get that extra year instead of seven, that might be worth moving a guy like, like Josh Anderson and maybe something else to bring him so in. So you're essentially getting two more years out of Dubois. You get him next year, yes. and then you get him at the end with the eighth year. And and so that's just smart. Like mm-hmm. you're to, to make a deal and you're offsetting the cost of yeah. you know, the four point some million. But Dubois is twenty-four. So if you get him, yeah. if you get, if you get Dubois in a trade, you're you're gonna have to pay for him. But this summer he'll be 25. Yeah. So you sign him to an eight year deal, he'll be 33 when that's done. Yeah. Exactly. You're getting him right. So to that's his why prime. Montreal would want to do it and give up a Josh Anderson. But like I'm with you. Like I. It's not going to be a lateral it's, move. It's just it's just not. And Scott texted show 204-780-6868. He says, "Does Anderson play center?" No, but are you going to get on a guy on an expiring contract that's going to lose team control in one year and enter UFA status? It's You're not going to get a center of his caliber it's, coming back. It's a, just not a guy with term or a guy with art. It's just, it's, it's, it's just unrealistic. Here's the other thing about this. At, at that contract, you have somebody under $5 million in your top six, and people right now listening might go shake their head, top six – But you have been in this city absolutely blessed the last couple of years with the top six in this city. That's very true. Like the idea that you have six players of this caliber is rare. We've gone over this about how Shifley-Dubois combination is a top five center tandem in the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. Of 32 teams, they're in the top five. Yeah. So add in the Connor, Ehlers, Wheeler, now Perfetti, that that's a like it's so it's not optimal, but I don't think you're going to see the top six no. as augmented as it has been. So Josh Anderson at under five might be a great piece. Yeah, I, I think that would be the upper end of what you could get, and I just think that that's the reality of the situation. And you have to keep in mind these players aren't coming here in free agency. No, you're not getting like a, to augment this top six. So let's do, I mean, now that they're back practicing for everybody listening, we yeah. are going to get on with the season and stop this. We'll, we'll cover the trades, but yeah, practice but, isn't until today. At but two. We're, yeah. But so once they get back on the ice in this week and next week, we're going to start getting back to this season, but it, it's imperative to not forget about this off season and next season. In my mind, there is a chance if you don't fix some things this summer, regardless of how you do, that another year from now, you're without Wheeler, Shifley, Dubois in your top six. Mm-hmm. And that is three key pieces that you just, you're not going to replace with equal. I mean, your top two centers might be gone. 
Yeah. And they're not only your top two centers, they're a top two center combination in the National Hockey League. We've gone through it. Yeah. You've got your Stamkos and your points, and you got your McDavid and Dreisaitl's. I mean, without Landeskog in Colorado, the Jets are better 1-2 down the middle. I mean, I ran the numbers. There's six teams that have equal or better, and it, the Jets are in the top five. So to try and augment this and offset it, all the while making a run this year. Now, I think that GMs and teams think about this year uh, mostly right now. If you're mm-hmm. in contention like the Jets are, their main concern at this deadline is making a run this year. But a real close second because of what's laying out there is this offseason. So this is more of a Montreal story than anything else. This is more for Montreal Canadian fans to understand that we're going to deal some pieces at the deadline to try and mm-hmm. augment our rebuild. But Josh Anderson might not be them because he might be the piece that gets us to Dubois a year early and a year later with the with the extension. But yeah, I appreciate this text message here. Uh, this texture says best thing Jets could do is trade for Savard and Anderson right now. Both very close with PLD. Uh, maybe only way he stays. That's a, you can't but, think that way. But, you can't make trades to bring guys' buddies in. Hope I mean they yeah. did that with with Stasny, right? Yeah, it just Wheeler was part of yeah. convincing him to tra- wave his no trade. Yeah. He came for two years, and when he was a UFA, his friendship didn't mean squad. He went to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, th- these guys see each other over the summer. Like that's something like you're going to play with your buddies. It's just not an enticing I thing when you have millions of dollars. The texture goes on to say Anderson has a no trade clause, so chance of him agreeing to a trade for. PLD uh, is not likely, and he does have a modified no trade clause, he, submitting an eight uh, team no trade list. I mean, I, it's, I not, it's not Atlanta. I don't the buy into these no too. trades. I've I've got I've had this discussion so many times. Paul Stasny had a full no trade, a full no trade, not a limited one. Nate Schmidt had one too. You go to Josh Anderson and go, dude, you've put up twenty five points a year the past five years or four years. We don't want you here anymore. We would like to send you to Winnipeg. He might go, I don't want to go to Winnipeg. And then he might hear that he's going to play with Connor and Ehlers. Or he might play with Shifley next year. And all of a sudden, you go, yeah, I'll go to Winnipeg. Mm. Like So I know all they are is the options to say no. It doesn't mean they're not coming. Yeah, this is such a summer story. I've seen too, more yeah. no, no movement trade clauses waived than, than I have not, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, and he's not going into free agency. He's got term left. If he wants to go, no, I'm not waiving this. I'm not going there and sit in, in, in Montreal as opposed to come to a playoff team, then he might do that. I'm not, I don't want to disparage that. But the idea that somebody's not going to trade one, Paul Stesney had a full no move and he waived it mm-hmm. twice to come back here. So it's a factor, but it's not a determining one in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, did you see um, uh, Murray, goaltender for the Leafs, back on injury reserve? No, I did not see Frank that. Cervelli also uh, texting uh, or sending out a tweet. This is from Frank Cervelli of the Daily Faceoff hearing St. Louis Blues are trading Vladimir Tarasenko to the New York Rangers. To the Rangers? That means St. Louis is open for business, baby. Yeah, St. Louis is. I mean, um, I've been hearing around – well, I've been hearing. I've been reading all the insiders with uh, Ryan O'Reilly. It's Vegas and Carolina and – yeah, Color, uh, rematch with Colorado because he used to be in Colorado. I mean, these are the questions that now these are things that I think a guy would waive to not go to Winnipeg. I'm an unrestricted free agent. I have Vegas and Carolina and the Rangers interested in me and the Jets. We got to trade in place to the Jets. I could see him go, no, I'm not waving my no move and get me to Carolina or Vegas or Colorado mm-hmm. or the Rangers. That I can see. 
But a guy like Anderson, who has two years left or three years left after this season, um, not waving his no move to come to Winnipeg when the team goes, we don't want you anymore. And because like Riley can go anywhere right now and then sign anywhere. Yeah. Anderson doesn't have that. See, the thing is with, with O'Reilly, he could even get moved somewhere and say, listen, I want to stay in St. Louis and get signed back with St. Louis. There's a story I read last night saying that, yeah. that he, they're going to have the discussion this week. He's been on IR with a broken foot. Yeah. Riley and management are going to talk. He does want to sign an extension with St. Louis. St. Louis does want him, but he's making eight and they don't want it anywhere near that or yeah. whatever he's making. So the story I read last night was that he would be willing to get moved at the deadline and then revisit a, a th- shorter term extension with St. Louis in the offseason as a free agent. David Peñado with the fourth period, uh, who was on with us yesterday, says the Rangers acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko, as Frank Saravelli first reported. Rangers have been in on Tarasenko going back beyond the offseason. The Rangers, one of the teams he was willing to waive no trade for. So obviously uh, no trade was uh, with the Rangers. But anyways, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation here. 204-780-6868. Let's go to break here. We'll come back. We'll get to some of your guys' text messages. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Um, Calgary Flames defenseman. Uh, how, how do you feel about scooters? Guns in the sky. Is this in excess? Yes. See the sound of the scooter? Crashes into Rasmus Anderson. <laughs> Struck by a vehicle, day to day. He's okay, though. On his way to dinner in Detroit. I liked, I, and I'm not making fun of the situation at all, but I liked how they're like, we're giving him the full gamut of tests and he will not play tonight. If somebody in the Flames needs a full gamut of tests, it's Nazim Kadri. And I don't know the extent of this being struck by a vehicle for Rasmus Anderson. But Nazim Kadri was struck by a train in Jacob Truba, and he needs a gamut of tests. <laughs> uh, so we'll, maybe both of them shouldn't play tonight. We'll head to break with this text texter. Dubois will get traded, but only to the highest bidder. That's why we make the trade for Myers to San Jose. We will get what, what we give San Jose. The problem back with in the that trade. is if he's already said he's going to Montreal and he's adamant that he's going to free agency, what would another team be willing to pay for his services that's, compared to the team that knows they can re-sign him? That's the problem. It's a one-year rental then. We'll be right back. And the price won't be very good. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. A lot of cursing at the Grammys this year. Not good. Not good for the kids. You know what? If you can't say those words in front of your grandmother, you shouldn't be saying them. Exactly. Just because you win an award doesn't mean you can drop three F-bombs. Yeah. Doesn't give you the right. You don't hear that from the Oscar crowd. Class. Now, now, the Oscar class, that's, that's, those are are classy. I didn't like it now, and I didn't like it when Guns N' Roses did it in 89. When Slash said, I like to ooh and thank everybody. They were loaded. No, not those guys. Yeah, come on. 204-780-6868. This, uh, Scott says, Max Domi, Max Domi, for the Jets acquiring, Domi checks all the boxes and can move into the top six center. He has a higher faceoff win than anyone on the Jets. I agree with that. That's for sure. This other texture says, I'd say you got to go after Domi, Max Domi. He might even uh, br- even embrace coming here because his dad ties to play here. And don't kid yourself, he's just as tough as his pop. Denise says, I'm thinking Ethan Bear would be a great fit at a reasonable price. Solid fit. I just, I don't know if any of those names are... I, look, I like the idea of Domi. I do. Yeah. I think that augments things uh, as depth, and maybe you can re-sign him in the offseason. Um, 
I, I Ethan Bear, I don't know if that improves the yeah. the the D overall. I, I don't, don't mind so. Ethan Bear, but I don't think he's better than anybody right now on this roster. He might be better than the the younger ones, but I don't think he's better than Dylan Sandberg right now. Uh, and finally, we'll get this text message in here. It's fun speculating what Chev will do at the deadline, but I think he's going to make a move that nobody under the sun will expect. He did it with Stasny, and with the hire of bonus, that's what Chevy does. Take care. That's very true. I think he's going to, like the Nick Richies in Arizona I keep reading about, yeah. I, I think guys like that is going to augment this lineup. Now, if there's a big fish out there, I think he'll be he'll do it. But it, the fascinating part about this, Cam, is we we talk about the same names all the time. But two to three weeks from now, somebody might be injured, somebody might not, somebody, one team might be out of contention, somebody might be in it and and go, you know, like that's how Stasny came, right? Mm -hmm. St. Louis had just gotten to a point where, you know, he talked to him about Stasny in November and they're like, no way, not involved at all. And then Mm -hmm. by the trade deadline, they were out of the playoffs and they're like, well, we'll ask him. Yeah, you got to wait and see what happens. Let's take a, well, that's it. Let's say we're going to take a break and then we're going to go check the news with Sarah McCarthy and then Jim Toth's going to take over all the way until 3 o'clock. Brain, thanks so much for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.